Kia ora Wellington. You're listening to Wellington Access Radio on 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories. Now let me just check something. Do I sound weird to you guys? <laughs> so having just talked about how we sometimes do something Not weird. at all. Okay, jolly good. Jolly yeah, good, jolly you sound good. great to so me, It's just because we've just been talking about all the little faux pas we're making. <laughs> it's got me feeling a bit paranoid. Um, Welcome, Sadie. Welcome that, back that's Perrine over there. <laughs> this Hi. is Perrine. Kia ora. <laughs> Welcome back to the studio after a few weeks away. I'm sure you will settle right back in. Yeah, it's only been a month. It's weird. I'm like, oh, yeah. You <laughs> seem really comfortable back there. Sorry. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Hi, David. <laughs> hey, hey Perrine. How are you doing? Hey, sorry. Hey, Perrine. Hey, Sadie. So, um, Perrine, you were saying you've just been looking into the... Um, Wellington End of the Year Awards. Oh, yes. By looking into it, yep, I read an article about it <laughs> and saw that there were um, several, I mean, there were many interesting people being nominated for Wellington, Wellingtonian of the Year. Lots of them have been on B-Side Stories in the past, so, you know... Proud of our alumni there. You think there's a correlation, perhaps? (laughs) Certainly. And one of them is the founder of Again Again. And you will hear, you've heard David already, who is is Partnerships and Operations Manager at Again Again. And we will get into that interview shortly. But just before we do, Sadie, what's coming up in the second half of the show? In the second half, I'm going to be talking to an organisation called Grow Space Wellington. Grow Space Wellington. And we've got three people coming in, Caroline, Josie and Catherine. Grow Space is all about um, filling up those little empty urban spaces with plants, food plants. They want people to learn how to grow food in our urban spaces. So um, really cool. I actually already talked to them about how can I turn my wasteland into yeah. <laughs> something productive? So yeah, that's why we do this, right? To improve our own lives and <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> you know, I figure if I'm gonna have to call someone up and talk to them to find out something I want to know, I might as well do it live on air. So efficient, love yeah. it. <laughs> and, and you get the recording afterwards as well. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> anyway, uh, David can't wait to get into the interview. So <laughs> no, all good. Um, so let's move on to the interview for the first half of the show, which is uh, David Binstead from Again Again, which is a social enterprise whose purpose is to end single use single use waste with a commercial reusable cup lending system that supports guilt-free, on-the-go coffee culture. It's like you've done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora, David. Welcome to the show. Kia ora, Breen. Thanks so, so much for having me along. Really looking forward to having a chat. So, Again Again was set up to provide cups that people could use, like a cup library. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a quick overview of what uh, Again Again is all about. Um, it, in essence, it's a really simple idea in that um, we rent cup fleets to um, to cafes and they on rent the individual cups to, to coffee drinkers. And one thing we love about coffee drinkers, they're always going to want to carry on drinking coffee. They are addicted. <laughs> um, and so we, we, we set out to try and solve the, the really significant problem, which in New Zealand is, is 295 million cups per annum big of single-use cups going straight to waste. 
and the vast majority of those just go straight to landfill. Um, Nada Piontek, um, company founder and Wellingtonian of the Year nominee for uh, for Thursday night, um, she she had this moment where she was like, "We need to do something about this, but we need to do it in a way that works for everybody." And so here we are, getting on for nine and a half months since launch. Um, 150 plus cafes and venues around the country supporting uh, our system for for cups on demand and uh, yeah just come off the back of uh, launches in Christchurch City which has been fantastic where I used to live for 10 years Um, but also down in Wanaka and Southern Lakes um, the week before so uh, us as a small team had quite a busy little time um, with obviously a broader goal of uh, solving the problem of single-use cup waste. Right, and so that problem, I understand it's pretty big, even though many cups available these days are supposedly compostable. What happens there? Quick note, other cups are available. Um, yeah, totally. So the, the, the whole compostable issue with, um, with single-use cups, I think, is a little bit of a... It's a little bit better than just, just basic single-use cups. But the key problem with them is that in, in New Zealand, there's only 12 commercial operators that can actually accept theoretically compostable single-use cups to actually become effectively composted. And none of those 12 have consumer streams for consumers to be able to get those cups to them. They only have commercial streams available. So um, what happens is a, a coffee drinker previously would have got their takeout coffee and a compostable cup, felt really good about it, chucked it in the bin thinking, yeah, my, my conscience is sated. But actually, those cups just go straight to landfill. Um, some cafes have done a, a great amount of work trying to access those commercial streams, but it's still really difficult. And fundamentally, compostable cups have still got what's called a PLA lining, which is a polylactic acid, which is a, a plant-derived plastic lining. And for the commercial composters, they need to um, get those cups to a really high composting temperature. And then the other problem they have, which is what's been happening in Wellington City Council, and why recently they don't accept any compostables anymore, is that there's such a large volume of compostable, theoretically compostable materials, that it's affecting their bio-grow certification. And so therefore, the council had to decide between the, the rocky place of losing their bio-grow certification for their compost or carrying on accepting single-use cups and other compostables for for compost. Um, So Wellington Councils and others around the country are now saying, we actually need to solve the problem at source, as opposed to kind of at the bottom of the cliff. Right, and that BioGrow certification... How does the how do the cups affect that? Um, ba- basically, in essence, compost needs to reach a high a high temperature to effectively become compost for the um, uh, the microbes to do their thing. And the sheer volume of compostables was preventing that from happening. And because theoretical compostables, if anything, are only growing and growing in, in problem size, again, again, are coming in saying, well, actually compostables are okay but further up the food chain of goodness is to reuse um, obviously at the very top of the chain is refuse but we know that coffee drinkers want convenience and so therefore to make a cup available to them to rent for three dollars at a huge range of cafes now it kind of solves the problem at source and those cups can obviously come back 
and the coffee drinker can either get a refund on the $3 cup when it comes back to any of the participating cafes, um, or what usually happens, they just exchange them for, for another coffee because they're addicted. <laughs> Uh, like, like myself, I should add. <clears throat> yes. Um, okay, so you have a fleet, as you call them, of stainless steel cups that are available by deposit. $3 Correct. a pop, yep. yeah? And people can pick them up from a partas- participating cafe, get their coffee in it, and then return it to another participating cafe. Any cafe, yeah. In any, a different again, city? Any cafe. Yeah, different city. So we've got the four networks established now in New Zealand, in Wellington, uh, mid-high 70s of cafes on board. Um, Auckland, about 50 or so cafes on board. Wanaka we launched two weeks ago with um, 10, soon to be 12 cafes on board. And Christchurch we launched last week with 22 cafes on board, soon to be 25. And so you are Partnerships and Operations Manager. And so these partners that you have, is this the cafes or is it a bit broader than that? The, this is one of the best jobs I've ever had. And <laughs> Tell us about your job. At its, at its fundamental level, it's all about working with people wanting to do right by their customers and by the planet. Um, so I get to work with an incredible range of individuals in the hospitality and the corporate sectors, um, also advocates, um, organisations like the Sustainable Business Network, um, Sustainability Trust, who we support in a small way, um, all with a common goal of solving the problem of single-use waste. Um, We are trying to show that there's a pathway to a better future, and we're proving that at scale. So, like I say, probably the best job I've had. (laughs) This this wonderful... um, uh changing the world thing that you're doing. Is this an international trend that's happening in other places or is this a local idea? Uh, we, we can only speak for what we see from the again-again view, but I think there's a real groundswell of, um, of, of change afoot and it's really positive change. Um, the likes of Extinction Rebellion, um, the likes of um, school um, strikes for the climate, You know, um, the recent announcement of early days yet, but legislation supporting um, a zero carbon future, which is which is fantastic. But people still need the well. What can I do? What 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 can I do apart from knowing there's a problem and wringing my hands? And what we're trying to say is, well, actually, there are practical things you can do that you can integrate into your everyday activity that are far better for the planet and that point to a better future as well. And more specifically, is the idea, the specific idea with these stainless steel fleets of cups, is this happening in other parts of the world? Um, Cup lending fundamentally is is not a new thing. Um, What I think is new is that um, Nada, with her business smarts, has resolved really every element of that value chain. It has to be convenient for coffee drinkers. So I think one of the big... um, problems that community groups and other initiatives face is that the, the they have a, a cup library and we know a few instances of this around the country um, set up with really good intent to solve the problem of single-use cup waste um, and then a couple of weeks later all the cups have gone because they don't come back 
Um, you'll be familiar with the Boomerang Bags Initiative, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic initiative, but there's no real incentive to bring the bags back apart from that sense of obligation and like doing good for the rest of the community. With again, again, we feel that we've solved that convenience issue by making cups available at the point of ordering and also attaching $3 to their value that the coffee drinker rents them at, but then also can receive that refund at any other participating point of contact. And so yeah, it's 150 plus at the moment. So it's getting easier and easier to be able to bring those cups back and for them to be reused, i.e. reducing waste. Can I just ask something? Well, so what's the difference between just owning a cup that you always bring in, you know, that you bought yourself at home? Is it that it can be washed for you or something? Or... No, there's an absolute, um, I think, benefit to having your own cup. But the big problem that uh, our experience and research shows is that most people I know have a cupboard full of um, reusable bags at home and they're not with them when they need them when they're shopping. And we we know that the same happens for people with reusable cups. If you have a regular repeating routine, cup always goes in your bag, bag goes to work, go to the same coffee place, then we know uptake of personal owned reusables is quite high. And that's fantastic. We're really, really supportive of that. But what we also know is that for many times they're either in the wrong place um, or People don't want to spend 20 to $40 on a really fancy one um, or they're dirty or the cafe doesn't want to clean them. And we solve all of those problems for a $3 refundable deposit in that our cups are available everywhere. They're interoperable across all of our cafe network. And so therefore, you don't need to remember to bring it with you. And for those that do, brilliant. But we know that's not a very high proportion of the population. Okay, thank you. Yes, on a very um, minute detail kind of question. <laughs> hit me with it, hit me with it, let's do it. <laughs> Some places charge extra for takeaway cups because, you know, they have to pay for the cup and the lid. And when people use again-again cups, there's also that washing element that comes with it. Is Do they get charged or treated as customers dining or drinking in or as takeaways, typically? We're all in favour of customer choice. And um, somebody said to me the other day down in Christchurch is that, David, there's, there's this fallacy that the customer's always right. And they, they kind of twisted it on its head and they said, David, the customer is always the customer. And I, I think they, they, they speak to real truth there, which is that we want to offer customer choice. And so therefore, whether um, a cafe wants to offer a choice of takeaway options we're fully supportive of that. Um, I, Aro Bake really come to mind as um, one of the first of our cafes who took a really strong stance on going single-use cup-free. And But they've got this lovely um, sort of um, chalk graphic on their um, cafe wall on the inside. And it basically sort of takes people on a journey saying, look, we've got three options. You can bring your own. Great. You can eat in. That's great. And we have, again, again, for takeaways. And it was like, and that's their three options, and they're still giving customer choice. To your specific point about it, it should again again be treated any differently, or I think it just sits in that continuum of, of hospitality professionals saying, what can we do that is right by our customers? The customer is always the customer, and that is right by the planet. And I think we sit in that really nice sweet spot between those two things. Um, for argument's sake, um, single-use cups, 
even like 20, 50, 70 cents or a dollar is not the whole of life cost of a single use cup in terms of its time to compost, its emissions, which is largely methane in landfill. And so therefore, you know, it's not our place to say how cafes operate their business. Um, but we, we think people should know what the choices are and they can act accordingly. And so you've... Ob- cup. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so you've obviously done, a, um, or again, again, have done a bit of background work on weighing up, you know, the um, costs of creating brand new cups from stainless steel that needs to be extracted and presumably imported and yep. all of that versus those single-use cups. And do you have figures on, say, what the lifespan of one of those stainless steel cups would need to be in order to be better for the environment than the single-use ones? Um, we, we, we've got a bunch of data, but I think probably above that it's easiest for us to say that our stainless steel cups are already made of 55% recycled materials and that they have an almost limitless lifespan. Um, we actually calculate their lifetime as, I think, 500 uses, But in reality, we're really confident that they are usable indefinitely. But even when they reach end of life, that they are locally reformable into other steel products. And that's certainly something that can't be said for either plastic cups or single-use cups, which are largely exported on landfill. It it can kind of get into a rational shooting match of numbers. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that what we're trying to solve at scale and approving that can be solved at scale is that people feel quite strongly about it in terms of the irrational sides of the argument. Um, And some people are like, I'm only ever going to use my glass plastic lidded cup and I'm always going to have it with me. And we're like, that is absolutely fine. But for the time that you have the office shout out with 12 takeout coffees and only two of you have got your reusable Mm. cup, we think again, again, is a really solid solution that is way, way, way better on that journey towards a more sustainable future. We're not saying we're perfect, but we know that in terms of our um, manufacture and transport cost, we also offset, we're the third company in New Zealand to offset our carbon emissions. Um, we're the third to be carbon positive um, through eco certification. So we offset 120% of all our business carbon operations, which includes shipping. So I did. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time here. Oh, someone's been talking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now of my questions, which do I want to ask you the most about? I guess um, if you have any kind of. Um, any particular strategies you use on psychological shifts? Sure. There's a lot of talk about behaviour change, I think, especially in the sustainability space. And we recognise that people have really established habits um, in terms of meeting, friendships, groups, catching up with mates, and that coffee is a really large part of that. Um, Our anecdotal information but from 150 cafes who we keep in touch with regularly, is that some people absolutely love Again Again as a concept because it solves all of their problems at source. Our cafes love it because it's cost-effective for them, and our planet loves it because it's a far better solution than anything that's gone before. 
But as far as customers are concerned, what we what we especially love is they go, oh, I feel really guilty. I've got five of your again again cups, and that's my limit. And I, I love that sense of they look at five again again cups and go, that's lunch. Fifteen bucks in the bank. Exactly. <laughs> and so therefore that incentive kind of ramps up. Um, kids are let's just call it borrowing them from the parents' cars from the weekends to. <laughs> To, to return for pocket money. Um, cleaners in a couple of the offices in town in Wellington are doing the same when they see stainless cups, again, again, cups. And we love that that closes, it's, it's the circular economy which closes the loop of the, the, the problem that other beers don't reach. Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now if I can just do maybe one last bigger question, which is... You know, I guess sometimes with schemes like this, they want to um, let people keep on consuming and kind of buying into that capitalist consumerist culture in the same way. And sometimes they want to completely overhaul that, you know, go, go, go capitalist society. And it seems to me that again, again, is somewhere like a bit of a hybrid where, you know, it's got these uniform cups that are produced and look very cool. And, you know, focuses on allowing the -the on-the-go culture to continue. But it's also um, looking, you know, it's got this collective pool of resources and is looking at its environmental impact. And I guess I just wonder if that kind of, if you see yourself in that middle ground and was that deliberate? We we are unashamedly a a for-profit social enterprise because we know that we can make the biggest positive impact by scaling fast. Um, we also recognise that we want to make a better offer for, for convenient takeouts than exists with single use at the moment. But it's not doesn't need to be as good as the fancy fifty dollar, you know, reusable cups. It just needs to be good, durable, reusable, limitlessly. And from ten months ago, nine and a half months ago to now almost 150 cafes seem to agree with us. Um, We recognise there are thousands of cafes and vendors in New Zealand um, serving hot drinks takeaway. So we've got quite a bit of work to do, but I think it's that sense that we are very comfortable reconciling our personal values related to impact, belonging, community and accountability with the outcomes of yeah, I mean, we live, we live in a capitalist society, so we have to create a construct that works for everyone through that value chain. And big plans for the future from here? Do you have numbers that you're hoping to achieve? or? Uh, I, I can't speak for Nada as, as company owner and founder, but I, I can say that, that she and we as a small company of literally three FTEs, full-time equivalents, are really, really delighted with the, the support we've received, both from the hospitality industry, from cafe professionals, from coffee drinkers, but also from sustainability professionals and councils around the country who are not giving us money, but they're advocating for us to say, ah, this is solving all of these problems that we've thought were insurmountable. Um, to the future, we're really hopeful that we can continue to grow quickly and fast um, to be solving that big problem. Um, Current stats, um, with Christchurch launch, we're diverting 65,000 single-use cups a month from landfill and into again-again reusables. So 
pretty pretty happy with that as a not even a year young figure. Loving your job. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. And for B sides listeners who want to hear more of David, you ha- you are a podcaster also, or you were until recently. Yeah, I've, I've been a bit of a podcaster and video producer in my um, not so um, distant past. Um, I, I've kind of actually taken a year off um, social media and it's actually been fantastic. Um, but you can connect with me, um, come in through hello at againagain.co um, or you can probably find me lurking around occasionally on LinkedIn. I'm David Binstead on LinkedIn. All right. Thank you, David.